All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Daily Dimensions podcast. What was that noise? Y'all heard that? I'm bugging. I might be bugging. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Daily Dimensions podcast. As always, I am your host, Smitty, back with another one, man. And I know last episode, I was like, yo, we back for good. We done with the sabbatical. The break is over. Christ Conversations, it was a lit episode. It did numbers on all platforms. I'm I'm very well pleased with how that episode went. And then all of a sudden, you know, three weeks go by, maybe four. I don't remember how many. Um, but it's been like a whole nother month <laughs> and it's not what I intended. Uh, it's not what I planned at all. It's not what I wanted, but life comes at you fast and here's how it all started. So if you're listening now and you haven't seen my reel, um, on Instagram, I tore my Achilles. Um, if you don't know what an Achilles is, it's a little ligament in the back of your leg it goes from like mid calf down to like the back of your ankle heel area same thing that happened to Aaron Rodgers same thing that happened to Kirk Cousins the other day if you keep up with football you pay attention to stuff like that but nonetheless it's somewhere in the back of your leg back ankle back calf region type area it's in there so I tore that (laughs) and it's one of them injuries where you don't have to do nothing crazy all you have to do is just do what you do in normal life and it decides to pop so what happened to me was i told my friends i'm coming out of retirement trying to stay in shape i wanted to start playing basketball again so i pulled up hadn't played basketball in a while and i was getting cooked i'm not gonna lie i'm not too proud to say it not because i don't know what i'm doing but mostly because everyone there plays regularly and they're in shape and i am the opposite of that So (laughs) I was getting cooked like my body couldn't react as fast as my mind wanted to react. And that was the problem. So first three games we lost fourth game. We won. Boom. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm starting to hit my stride. I'm getting it back. We go into this fifth game and I'm like, all right, we're going to play better. We're going to close this out. We're going to win two in a row. We good. It's still hope. We still here in the series. So there's someone open at the three point line around a wing, right? I go to go close out on him. So I go from a standstill to a run and to get there, I had to push off my leg. So I push off my left leg to go run very basic motion, (laughs) very regular motion. You just push off your leg to go run. The back of my leg said, no, sir. (laughs) It said, no, sir. My leg kept moving forward and my foot did not move. And all you heard was a pop. It felt like if you took one of them exercise resistance bands and stretched it as far as you could and it popped, that's what it felt and sounded like inside the back of my leg. And the moment it happened, I said, dang, yeah, that's an Achilles. That's an Achilles. And I hopped my my behind over to a bench and sat down. Everybody looking at me like, oh, dang, what happened? You good? It's your ankle. I'm like, no, it's more than an ankle. It's my life. It's over. It's over. It's over my first day back and they got me. <laughs> they got me, dog. Um, so I made it home. 
uh, after that because clearly I was done for the night. So I make it home. It's late at night. I can hardly walk. And, and that's the crazy thing with an Achilles is like, even though I heard it pop and I couldn't use my foot no more, you don't feel no pain. Even now, I'm 24 days out. I don't feel any pain, um, which is a blessing. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. I don't know if that's everybody's experience, but that's been my experience so far. Nothing hurts. So I get home and I'm like, Ma, take me to the emergency room. I can't drive. I need you to drive. It's already late at night. It's like 10 some. She takes me to the emergency room. I'm sitting in there for hours upon hours upon hours for them to give me an x-ray x-rays don't really work for the muscular stuff so they couldn't really diagnose my achilles with an x-ray but they did find that i had a fracture in my ankle from when i was a kid that just never went away never healed right so i'm like dang my my, my left ankle already jacked up so they throw the splint on me they uh give me a prescription for some ibuprofen and they're like yeah just go ahead and go home <laughs> you know what i mean at some point you got to get an mri i'm like y'all can't give me an mri here they was like yeah this emergency room don't have an mri machine i said what kind of emergency situation is this where you don't own some sort of advanced imagery machine like but you know i don't know if that's typical or not i just feel like with the billions of dollars they make they should have one that i could use you know what i mean so they basically just wrapped my leg up and said go home so I go home and this is where the story really begins. Um, and this is where my life changes. This is where you're like, oh, okay, Jordan, we get it. Why you've been gone for about a month again, again. <laughs> so a week goes by. I'm still not able to get an MRI. I'm not even able to get an appointment with an orthopedist until like the following week. Everything's taking super long. And it's now been a week since I tore my Achilles. I'm just sitting at home in this splint, miserable. And time has gone on. And now I'm starting to experience pain that I was not experiencing when I first injured myself. And I'm like, dang, is this thing getting worse? So it was to the point where when I would take my leg off my bed and put it on the floor, once that blood would start rushing to my leg, I was in excruciating pain and couldn't get up for like 30 minutes. And then once I was able to get up, every step I took was just pure pain. I would stand there and have to contemplate walking, contemplate moving on this crutch because I'm like, yo, every time I move, it's pain. So at, it, it, it was to the point I would cry with every step I took, like real tears coming out my eye. And I'm not someone who cries often. I haven't cried so much this last month than like any other time in my life. I've, I've cried like literally every other day I have found myself crying because of either the emotional pain, other things in my life, the leg, all of it. So I'm in this crazy pain and my mom looks at me and is like, Jordan, no, I'm taking you back to the emergency room. And after being in there for as long as I was, I didn't want to go back, but I listened because she's a medical professional and she knew what was going on. So I went and as I'm in there, I met a doctor who was a lot more thorough than the first doctor. And he says, oh, you have an Achilles injury that you think you got. We can see if you tore it on an ultrasound. If it's completely torn and there's a gap in there, we'll see it. So I'm like, bet. 
do the ultrasound. Why y'all ain't do that the first time? Because I'm back at the same hospital. I'm like, why y'all ain't do that the first time? So this doctor does the ultrasound or the other person, whoever the person ultrasound guy is, does the ultrasound. And they do my leg that's not hurt and my leg that is hurt. And they come back and they're like, yeah, we don't see a complete tear in your Achilles. We don't see like a big sizable gap. But ultimately, an MRI will tell you if it's like partially torn or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool bet. That's positive news. On the flip, they said, yeah, but what you do have now is what is called deep vein thrombosis, otherwise known as a DVT. And I had always heard that on them AARP Medicaid commercials type joints. If you got that and I'm never knew what it was until it hit me. And they said, yeah. So what often happens (laughs) when you um, had injuries like this, deep muscle injuries, surgeries, fractures, anything of the like, you become extremely prone to a blood clot. And what deep vein thrombosis is, is you have an artery in both your legs. It's called a femoral artery. I'm learning stuff here. And the one in my right leg is perfectly fine and clear. But the one in my left leg with the injury, there was a blood clot through that artery. And they said that the injury provoked the blood clot. That's the word they use, provoked. Because <laughs> uh, I had never felt nothing like this before. And it makes sense. Cause when I first got hurt, I fell straight. And then a week later, now it's hurting. It's the blood clot. You know what I mean? So, um, they was like, yeah, we got to throw you on blood thinners. I said, blood thinners. My grandfather take blood thinners. I don't want to be on blood thinners. You bruise easy. So (laughs) they put me on blood thinners and they was like, yeah, we have to do this now because if we don't, there's a chance that the blood clot could break off. It could move, get stuck somewhere else in your, in your body. We don't want it to get stuck in your lung and then you'll have a pulmonary embolism, which is just DVT, but in your lung, you got a blood clot in your lung and you don't want that. So I'm on the medication. That's Saturday, Monday. So two days later, I have an orthopedist appointment finally for them to look at my leg, talk to me about what's up, see what's going on. They give me a boot. They asking me questions and the lady's like, listen, um, you know, through the screening question, she says, yeah, have you ever experienced shortness of breath? And I said, well, um, not really, but today I feel it because I was talking and getting tired talking. And y'all know me, I get on this podcast. I talk for however long I got to talk. I do speaking engagements. I pull up to places. I do trainings for people that are like an hour plus two hours plus whatever it may be. I've had episodes that have been an hour long. It's really nothing to me to come on here and talk for extended periods of time. And just having regular conversation in that office, I felt out of breath and tired. And so she was like, listen, that's not good. You need to go back to the emergency room. So now I've been in the emergency room three times in about the last eight, nine days to that point. So I go into the emergency room. She's like, yeah, you need to get a chest X-ray. The people come in. They put me on that hard metal bed. (laughs) Hit me with the chest X-ray. All types of EKG, ECG, echo, cardio, who's a what's it's all that fun stuff. Hit me with all of that. They come back. They said, Jordan, you have what is called a pulmonary embolism. (laughs) They said it's a bilateral pulmonary embolism. So I have one blood clot in 
each of my lungs. And I said, well, damn, <laughs> I said, not only is the leg injured, Tico, relax, dog. My dog back here scratching, like, relax. But not only do I have the Achilles injury, but then I had the blood clot in my leg. And then not only did I have a blood clot in my leg, but now I have it in my lungs. And at that point, my life has completely changed because now I'm like going from someone who, for the most part, is, is, is pretty healthy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have no diagnoses. I'm not on no pills. Like, I could lose some weight. Sure. But other than that, nothing crazy diagnosed. None of that. I'm good. <laughs> and now it's I'm diagnosed with three different things, with three different acronyms and all types of terminology. And I'm on some pills and I'm hooked up to an IV. I got this needle in my arm. It's wild. And my day goes from, yeah, I'm about to go home later and go play video games or do whatever, like just have a chill day to, yeah, we need to admit you into the hospital. I've never been admitted into no hospital. So now naturally I'm terrified. <laughs> you feel me? I don't like hospitals. I don't like doctors like that. And now I got to stay here. How long I got to stay here. And that to me was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life getting admitted into a hospital. And now given the sauce now, <laughs> before do anything you can to not need to be in a hospital obviously you can't control all of it i couldn't control what happened to my leg but if you can the things you can control control them because the hospital is it's a medical prison i've never been in prison so i mean take that with a grain of salt um but it's it that's the vibe i got medical prison <laughs> and i had to stay there for it sound like a hotel stay three days and two nights. <laughs> and that first night was misery, man. Misery. My family stayed with me until it was time for visiting hours to be over. And then once they leave and they cut them lights off in that room and it's just you sitting there by yourself on this hard metal bed with about a three inch piece of foam on it. Just uncomfortable tubes coming out your arm heart monitors stuck all to your chest you hearing this slow steady boop boop all night it's cold and then it's hot you can't control the temperature the nurses don't be coming to see you half the time as they should like it's it's all bad it's all bad the food is terrible and that first night boy i cried I cried all night. The next night I cried too, but that first night was terrible. I didn't fall asleep until about five 30 in the morning. Like that's how bad it was. And I couldn't even sleep in the bed. There was a, fortunately there was a chair in my room and I just slept in the chair as best I could, but it was terrible. It was uncomfortable. It was frightening. And what made it worse was because of my condition, I was on a cardiovascular floor and on this cardiovascular floor, uh, you know, everybody's dealing with some sort of heart related kind of situation, sort of issue. And when the patients in there go into cardiac arrest or, or have a heart attack, there's an alarm go that goes off that is loud and audible and you can hear it throughout the entire floor. And I'm laying in there. I can't sleep. I already feel like, man, I might die because of this blood clot, because if it moves again and goes in the wrong place, it can kill you. And 
I'm listening to people have heart attacks all night. That alarm went off at least five times and it's loud. And all you hear is alert, alert, cardiac arrest, room, blah, 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 alert, cardiac event, room. And you, 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 you're listening to people have heart attacks all night. And the only thing going through my mind is like, I don't know if these people are really having heart attacks, if they're surviving these heart attacks or if someone's dying from these heart attacks. <laughs> and then I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day who's a nurse and she was like, all right, maybe at least one of them died, but most of them don't die. And I was like, well, I know at least one died. Like, <laughs> but I mean, I'm glad they all ain't died, but that messes with you because you already sitting there in a hospital by yourself, no one to talk to, you're alone, you're left with your thoughts and you're sitting there thinking about your own mortality. And now you're listening to people potentially die all night. That's not normal. Nothing about that is normal, which is why I say hospitals ain't nothing but medical prisons. <laughs> I stayed in, I never even left that room. I stayed in that room the whole three days and every night, Somebody was having a heart attack. It was bad, man. And thankfully, my family would come to see me. But on those nights when they would leave, it was rough, man. And they were only supposed to keep me that first night. And then the next night they were like, yeah, you can go home at first. And then they did some test or whatever. And I didn't pass it. And they were like, yeah, you have to stay. And that crushed me, man. I, I, I was so angry. I was crying. I was frustrated. And at that point, I was really upset because it's like they wasn't even doing nothing for me in there. They was just looking at me. You know, they didn't run no tests. They ain't do nothing after they admitted me. They just kept me, you know, and I'm like, well, what are y'all keeping me for if you're not doing anything while I'm in here? I just billing my insurance for no reason, <laughs> wasting these good people's tax dollars. <laughs> so I was, you know, they didn't even do nothing for me. They just kept monitoring me. And I'm like, I could monitor myself at home. Like, leave me alone. Um. The food is trash. That's another that, that alone is traumatic. But let me get serious again. <laughs> but it was a wild situation, man. And then but once they told me I wanted to, that I couldn't go home, I was like, well, can I speak to a social worker? Because at this point, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. And unfortunately, most medical professionals I've experienced don't know how to deal with the emotional. They just know how to really deal with the physical. And it's like, ma'am, you can't really calm me down right now. And don't be telling people I'm angry. She was talking to other people like, yeah, you know, he's just angry right now. I'm like, bitch, yes, I'm angry. <laughs> Excuse my French. But yes, I'm angry. And you're not the person I need to talk to right now. Bring me the social worker. And the social worker never showed up. She didn't come until the next day, right before they were about to discharge me. And I was so tight. I ended up having a cool conversation with the lady. But in that moment, I really needed somebody that I could process my emotions with and process my feelings with. And in that case, the hospital let me down. It, it, they let, I feel like they let me down in a lot of ways. But in that case, I'm like, what are we really doing to help people get better here? You know what I mean? Like, I understand you do what you need to do medically, but there's so much more to getting better than just the medical. I shouldn't hear people having heart attacks in my room. Because how is that getting me in a mental state to, to even start to feel better? Uh, I should be able to talk to a social worker the same day if I need to talk to a social worker. You know what I mean? I shouldn't. The room should be soundproof. So I'm not listening to people coughing and screaming 
and all this other stuff on night. It's a lot of different stuff. And everybody should have their own room. Thankfully, I had my own. But I've seen where it's two people in a room. They have some rooms where it's four people in a room. How am I getting better that way when I'm sitting here looking at someone else all messed up right across from me? So like hospitals need help and they need to be less about the money and more about the care. And unfortunately, they're not all about the care. (laughs) And then you get some staff, them night shift staff be the worst because they don't be coming to see you. (laughs) They're supposed to do their rounds. And I promise you, not all of them is doing it. And that's it's unfortunate. But let me not make this about getting on hospitals and medical professionals because there are some that are doing an amazing job and are amazing at what they do and then there's some that like really should not be in this profession same thing with social workers too and and mental health professionals in any profession there's some people that really want to be there and do their job well and there's some people that just genuinely are trash Uh, (laughs) but it happens but nonetheless um these diagnoses have really changed my life in a way man because again uh the hospital stay was a whole mental journey unto itself uh i've been thinking about my own mortality a lot i've just been thinking about my life and my health and my future a lot and how to navigate this and um thankfully i got family who's been supportive and i have some friends who have been supportive and i've checked in on me and you know checked up on me and called and all these other things and um to those that you who who reached out i appreciate you all man it's too many to name but uh i have learned that i have a good group of people um i have enough people who care about me um to feel cared about (laughs) and uh you know i i encourage anyone who's listening if you haven't already started to take your health seriously especially at this big age uh that most of my listeners are at some of y'all still got a ways to go but if you haven't already started to care about it care about it i was in a space where i was trying to care about it i promise you i was i was doing the right thing i got hurt working out and it changed me <laughs> but um you never know when something could happen so it's also a a a note like make sure you have insurance <laughs> because this can all get really expensive really fast even if you do have insurance so if you don't and you're out of luck so make sure you have that um go to your doctor's appointment especially men because if you was like me before i didn't really like going to doctors so i wouldn't but this year i've been on it like even before this i've been on it with my appointments i knew everything about myself <laughs> until this happened um, but through it all, God has kept me, man, because I could very well not be here right now. Like that clot could have gone past my lungs and got stuck somewhere else. And by the grace of God, I'm still here. He's kept me. He's protected me. And there's something on the other side of this, man. Um, and through it all, I haven't lost my faith, even though I've been sad, I've been depressed, I've been frustrated, I've been angry, I've been scared. Um, I feel like I'm hitting rock bottom almost, but you know, I know God can put back together those pieces and I know that there's something greater on the other side of it and I haven't lost anything yet, you know? So if anything, I've just gained a new perspective. Um, and it's time for me to grow. It's time for me to continue to do what I do. And, you know, because of all this, my lack of mobility, I can't necessarily get downstairs to my studio to record. So my brother was gracious enough to bring everything upstairs. I'm put stuff in a spare bedroom and I'm sitting here recording in that room. So things may sound different, feel different. Maybe they don't. I haven't really listened back to anything yet, but video will be very limited. So it won't be much 
if anything on YouTube, we're going to try our best. But for now, it's just finna be audio. <laughs> um, it's just finna be audio for the foreseeable future. So bear with us in that regard. We're still going to be posting on social media and doing all the different things that we need to do. We are still open to bookings and engagements. As long as you handicap accessible, <laughs> I promise you will find a way. I got a handicaps parking sticker and a dream. <laughs> we go and make it do what it do, dog. So um, I appreciate you all. Thank y'all for listening. I know y'all about to tune into this when I drop it. I'm recording and dropping the same day. It's Monday. Um, and until next time, peace, man. Keep taking care of yourselves. I love y'all. Thank you for loving me. Man, it's been a journey. <laughs> until next time, it's your boy Smitty, man.